Hello and welcome to an interview with What's New in Cloud FinOps. So as usual, it is me, Franck Contrepois, with my friend Stephen Holt. There we go. He knows his name, which is great. And we have today Tom Cross from Erlingus, who is going to talk with us. And we have, as usual, no questions. But the first question is always the same. So I know that one, which is, please do a short introduction of you, Tom. Sure. Thanks for having me, Frank. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> uh, so I'm Tom Cross, uh, dad of three, uh, cloud infrastructure technical lead at Erlingus, and also a recent joiner to the Technical Advisory Council for the FinOps Foundation. I previously worked as a FinOps manager at uh, MSP doing cloud resale and cost management. And before I got into cloud, I was a software engineer in fintech. But I've always had a kind of passion for optimizing things and that's kind of what what led me to to the world of finops nice so you've committed from the engineering slash developer side yeah yeah, I think yeah. That's about. i'd and say there is, fin. there is always fin in everything he was saying as a day it was fin he likes <laughs> money i think that's what we've learned i would say in more more recent times the people I've seen coming into FinOps have been, there's been less technical people, I think. Um, I don't know if there's gonna, that's going to flip again across, but it seems that more, more financial people have been joining recently. Kind of in the meetups I've been doing and the talks have been given, it's definitely been more of a financial mix. While early on, we were all still pretty technical. So it's, it's, I think that's changed. Yeah. We're still, we're still missing some personas around that. We, we see every time I, we, we're, we're discussing this in the FinOps Foundation, yes, that. Yeah, but that's not the topic. Let's go, Tom. Um, so uh, the topic, I think we agreed, and, and listeners, we honestly we do prepare for these in a very, in a very genuine and gentle way. Um, is FinOps in the migration, which I actually think will be of interest to a lot of people. I've been on a lot of calls with people recently, kind of working out how they manage this, and Tom's been through it and and seen how the you know. Uh, contradictory requirements start coming up right and so uh we just thought it'd be a really good topic to talk about like does it fit into a migration if so where and how um so tom is it worth kind of starting with the beginning of your journey at Aer Lingus? Um, you yeah, maybe before, even before that so like I, across my my various different roles I, i've worked with a number of different customers who are at varying stages of their of their cloud journey um and the the single sort of like common thread across all of those is finops is always the last priority um there's there's never a like let's let's start with getting sensible governance in place let's start with with defining like a tagging strategy or an account hierarchy strategy or anything like that it's that that never happens um and it's yeah it's always it's always left to the end and Pain results um, yeah. off, off the back of that, right? For 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 Air Lingus, their their priority was was getting out of the data center as quickly as possible. The the the, the pandemic kind of gave them a fairly unique opportunity, and I think it's it's not uncommon across the industry to to like switch some stuff off and have some downtime and 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 consolidate and uh, do things a little bit differently. And that's what kind of really fired them up for 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 the cloud migration um but because they were wanting to move quickly they didn't necessarily have the time to to do the all the analysis and, and the stuff up front 
that uh, that you might choose to do if you were if you were uh, going in with a different different strategy. I guess what it comes down to is what what is your cloud strategy? Why is it that you're moving to the cloud in the first place? What's the impetus for the move to the cloud? Is is probably what determines your your approach to FinOps in when it comes to the migration. Whether it's something that you you kind of tack on at the end, or whether it's something that that's like built in from the ground up, because I think a lot of a lot of organisations, particularly at the moment, seem to be moving to the cloud because they feel they have to, because like everybody else is moving to the cloud and it and it's and it's like the cool thing to do, but not because they need to necessarily. I, I absolutely agree with that, and I think. You raise an interesting point with things like tagging. Like if you start from the beginning and you know what your plan is going to be and you understand the importance of it, you just set yourself up on a better footing, right? Very few people end up doing that. That's the reality of it. To such an extent that I'm doing a big uh, tooling vendor analysis at the moment that um, I think I've probably talked about on the podcast and certainly Frank's heard no end of it um, in our private chats. Um, but there's a fantastic tool I'm looking at at the moment where the recommendations, optimization is absolutely superb. They haven't got any alerting for tagging to say, you know, whether things are within or, or not within your tagging policies. And I was just thinking people do forget the importance of the governance. And I mean, Frank have always said that the only way of really breaking down costs for showback, et cetera, is, is account level. Right. Because there are things you can't be tagged. But as tagging has improved and it has improved even in the last couple of years when we and Frank have been talking yeah. about it. Um, there are other reasons. Right. You might be using a scheduling tool or, you know, which based on tags or you might be allocating um you know shared resources versus all those kind of there are definitely places for it to fit and yeah you can retrofit it has been made easier than it used to be um but it's one of those bits where actually you don't need to think that long about it initially you you know just come up with a really basic thing just to get yourself started but the amount of people that aren't doing that and then when they come to it and the first person comes in to start doing finops they're literally just left with this big nasty bucket and nowhere to start I also usually for migration you have a big budget and then mm-hmm. uh, no one cares about the money until hey until it's done. Uh, but I have I have a question for you also Tom, which is related to what you said that FinOps done at the beginning. And I was trying to think is you've done some migrations, but do you think the material we get or more uh, we get in general on FinOps and I'm just uh, is always assume that you are already in the cloud? It, are they real things that help you? plan because everything i see is just oh you need to tag your resources yeah i don't have any resources how do i do that yeah i think i think it depends on on how you're approaching it like if if you're working with a partner who is you know going to give you some support in that space and kind of like cloud enablement stuff like then i would hope that as part of that journey they would um yeah and i and i, I would like to hope that aws as a partner to, to or not AWS, but cloud cloud service providers uh, in general would would also act in that regard. It, it may be a bit more difficult because obviously when you're first first taking your steps into the cloud, like you, you don't know you don't necessarily know um, who you're going to be working with and um, who the best partners are going to be. But um, I think yeah, the CSPs should should shoulder some of that that responsibility as well. Particularly if you're a big organization and you know that like your your footprint is going to be substantial once your migration is is underway or finished. Um, yeah, CSPs should be should be sort of helping organizations to 
set themselves on the right track. It's not just about giving money or credits, and it's also making sure that you are starting with the right food so that it, after the migration, it's still a good place. Uh, the cloud is a really great place to be. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think like the, there's a lot of good material available out there, but there's almost too much. Um, everybody's everybody's got their own opinions about you know what what's the right way to do it. And like you mentioned before, like your your kind of preference is the like account level segregation, and which I agree that works really well. But um, yeah, not everyone agrees with that. <laughs> yeah, some people see it as unmanageable, right? So I'm working with a, an organisation at the moment who have um, kind of two thousand plus apps, right? And, and apps is a is a group of you know, what, what we'd consider maybe apps um, mm. underneath them. So the there's like managing 2,000 accounts is mental. Um, and I, I can kind of see that, I can, but I also think managing the costs of 2,000 apps without that separation, you know, you're going to have to have rules based on how you share out, you know, unallocated costs and all those kind of bits. How complicated does that get when you've got to work it out for 2,000 apps in God knows how many different ways? It's, you know, there's pros and cons on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it, – the, the worry I have sometimes when people go into the migration is just the lack of knowledge, not even the lack of data. Because you get, you know, you can have built a superb business case and you've got a partner to do an assess as part of map or whatever it might be. There's a huge amount of data that tells you you should go. How accurate is, you know, and whether you're going to save the money, they say, you know, we'll ignore that concept for a minute. But it's how many people I still speak to, um, more, you know, less so in, in my working life where, generally because they've been advised by people I work with, it's, it's been all right. But certainly in like whenever I do like free workshops or I do meetups or I talk there and I start speaking to people, just how the people often who are in charge of this or who are certainly quite senior in it don't have what I would consider basic financial knowledge of how the cloud works because they put maybe they don't know where to look. Maybe they don't actually know it's going to be as big a problem as they, they think. Or because quite often, especially in an IT world, the answer has always been let's try it and learn on the way. And that's kind of fair enough. But the the problem I see is the, the size of mistakes you can make in a big company, in a big migration, are so much larger than they used to be. Uh, you know, and the speed at which you can make those mistakes. Um you know, even in basic things, buying RIs and then overwriting them with savings plans. I've heard of like three or four people do that now, not realizing that the the data hadn't like updated yet, all those kind of bits. And, but how do you read up and find out about that? Like you'd have to look for that problem. I, you know, maybe we should write an article, Frank, on the the 10 FinOps scotches of doing a migration. We work with Tom. But the, I think there are some that, even if you read the book, the new book's out, isn't it? The, um, yes, the yes. Episode, which I haven't got yet. Um, but even if you've read that, would would it help you catch the gotchas that, that we would consider basic? Probably, probably not. I don't think that resource exists for helping people with FinOps before the fact, Frank. You know, as, as your question was. Yeah, but so so I would I would move in then to, to Tom. What is your experience with that? What would you would have loved to know before starting? Ooh. 
or what, what were you very happy to know before starting your next migration? Yeah, I think some of them some of them probably stem from from my experience with 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 resale and the you know people often seek out those kind of relationships because they they are a bit worried about the costs and and you, you can frequently get incredibly good discounts through through a partner who like transacting through a partner but I don't think people are, are always cognizant of the some of the other challenges that come with with that mm-hmm. uh, a good example might be for for, for microsoft uh for if you're under csp yeah like you you lose or uh, certainly used to be the case i don't know if it still is but when, when when i was working on that space you would lose direct access to to microsoft you would have to go through yes. your partner for everything for for support and for for, for any kind of queries you might have, you would also lose access to a lot of the kind of native um, cost tooling, and it would be on it would be a burden of the of the partner to kind of give you access to some of that sort of stuff. So you're you're kind of hobbled from the get go in in some respects because unless the partner's giving you the tooling that you need, yeah. you 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 just you can't operate a sort of sensible FinOps practice in 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 the way that you might wish to. Um, yeah. I think tooling is an interesting one, right? Because tooling often leads you down a direction, down a path, based on the tool you choose. So if you choose something like Cloudability, right, it's really focused on uh, tagging, allocation, budget, showback, that kind of thing, and it, and it does a superb job of it, right? And so you maybe think that's where the key focus is. If you use a tool like Cloud Health. You know, I think the thing that most people probably go to is the recommendation piece, for instance. Mm. Um, and you and all the you know, for the most part, all of the capability exists within each tool. Maybe some are better at different things than others, absolutely. Um, but where <clears throat> previously there was very much this kind of consideration that you could have one tool that rules them all, like mm. a CMP tool. I just don't think that's true anymore. Like certainly if you're multi-cloud and you've got Google, like the, the tools aren't good enough to do to both. You kind of got to separate out. But also, as as I'm researching it more and more, like it, they really are using you know actual use case based on which tool you should pick. It, it's getting to that point where really, if you have a focus more on this kind of piece, then actually the tool that I might generically use here at my company, which we give to our resale customers, probably isn't the right one for you. If you're really wanting to get detailed into that area, um, and the problem I see is I don't think partners resellers aws as well and, and azure and, and google actually know their sellers or their essays know the the tooling market well enough to be able to give people advice on which tool is the right tool for them and you don't know until after the fact where you know now you've realized what's important to you and what maybe you're missing or what's really difficult there was recently it was quite interesting uh, a discussion about the fact that current big companies are two things one is no one wants another dashboard and two mm-hmm. was when you in the past you used to have oh you either buy or you build and the reality is what is happening at the moment is you buy and build and yeah. usually for FinOps is you will buy different tools that will aggregate the data but then that aggregation and usually ingest data which is private through the company number of sales whatever you want to do is going to be done in a third thing that you control because that's mm-hmm. where you want to have all your, your things aggregated so we are ending up knowing that almost each of those tools are taking you a percent of something. Yeah. <laughs> you end up that they stack up. In an incre- I was starting to look at it. Oh, wow. 
and a lot of these tools were built thinking that they would be the one tool to rule them all, right? And yes. that people would only use these tools. So some yeah. of the most like famous market leading in terms of market share tools out there don't even have APIs to all the different things that you can see on the dashboard. Yes. Yeah, and so, one of my biggest peeves, if we take a bit of a tangent onto tooling, is is the 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 sort of there's no democratization of the data. Like you you're ingesting all this billing data. Yeah into these tools because you know you don't have the capability to to analyze it yourself you're you're, you know you're paying them to do that for you but then you don't you still still don't then have access to your data yourself unless you go and build something Mm -hmm. like i I would love to be able to you know just like give me access to the database i want to like run a little query and and you know all this all this data is available to me i'm paying for that database but i own you're only giving me the buttons that you choose. I, I, it's not like I can just drop in and, and write some SQL when I want to just run a quick test or figure something out for myself. Yeah, that's what I like about some of the newer tools where they've kind of got a bit more of that mindset. Mm. But the thing is, right, you're going into a new migration. It's the start of your journey. You do a bit of research. You look for one of the top three tools probably, don't you? You don't start looking at niche, what considered niche players who are actually maybe the more innovative and, and can take you further. That's not where you're going to start looking. You're going to think, right, I've got a big risky migration coming. There's a lot going on. I'm going to choose a tried and tested tool in the same way that I will probably use a tried and tested landing zone that, you know, is is documented somewhere, which might not be right for you. You know, the way you do networking might not fit into the kind of, well, probably will fit into a spoke model, but, you know, that's not the way everyone goes, right? And they may kind of drive through a, uh, it used to be called XPN for um, for Google, where you could basically, anything could get to anything mm-hmm. and you didn't have like a transit. Um, and And so there's all these kind of talks of building blocks and how useful they are. And absolutely, I mean, I was an SA, I used to talk about these things. But I do think that, the level of knowledge and quality and capability in the cloud now people should be able to get the right people in to help them be a bit more bespoke from the beginning to something that's going to work for the organization yeah i would agree with that but i I don't see it happening though (laughs) at the same time well no no because that's not not how you make as a consulting team as a consulting team that's not how you effectively it's either you're going to be more expensive we're going to do bespoke more bespoke which means hey more fees and so usually i think the the first thing the customer will disagree is hey you're supposed to be the expert show me something which is turnkey and has a fixed price so you always end up with a yeah or you don't hire a third party you hire it in yourself to get the 10 devs, you know, SREs or whatever that are going to be capable of this, your outlay for their wages is massive. And people just kind of go, I'm not going to do that. Uh, you know, I've even started hearing about people who, after the migration, uh, dispose of their CCOEs. Wild. That, you know, they kind of change the function or something like that. But it's it's a bit like, well, where's, where's that kind of coming from did the ccoe not bring the value it was meant to initially and that's what it changed and, and and that's kind of something that in in kind of our eyes i think we all agree it's tried and tested you know ccoe you've got a, you've got the cloud you've got a ccoe haven't you and I, i'm actually seeing people moving away from that even um it's, it's as but, usual is this is a nascent thing so lots of things are just if you, i just knew and you, you go into any of the website of the big csps 
And you will find three different definitions of CCOE and who should be in them. I think for Google and AWS, there was no finance people until probably uh, last time I checked, there was no finance people in there. Maybe <laughs> something's missing there. Anyway, uh, going to my tangent there. No, no, I agree. We love um, Robin. It, well, yeah. I, I guess that's part of it. Like, I, I do think people should have a CCOE before migrating. Yes. And I think some sort of FinOps governance should be in there. Yeah. Um, even if it's initially kind of part-time, but someone should be building out and managing the models. Because the thing I see happen time and time again is that in order to win the business case, they've said, oh, yeah, we'll do all this on three-year RIs, right, or whatever, three-year all up front. And then people start migrating, and then some people go and buy these three-year all up front RIs, and then they can't right-size, so they're wasting a load of money on the, the, the usage. Um, or... They actually realize, oh, well, I don't know if this is the right thing yet. And so then they're running on demand for ages and eventually get to say, all right. And either way, what's happened is the model you built, the story you told to sign off your cloud migration is a mile, a mile off from reality. And this yes. happens time and time again, but it keeps happening. Like every, you know, every do it because they're trying to get, it's just, and and then you constantly hear the story of clouds more expensive than than I thought it was. And it all comes down to that. Yeah, I think a lot of that the cloud is more expensive than I thought it was tends to come from from organisations who are moving things to the cloud that probably have no business being in the yeah. cloud. You know, yes. they've, they've decided their cloud strategy is cloud first, and we're migrating everything to to our vendor of choice because because that's what the cool kids are doing. Yeah, and it's yeah. going wholesale and there's stuff in there that's like you know absolutely ancient it's you know you have to really really like work hard to make it even run effectively and be supportable and like operationally sound i built this uh this logic map in excel because i'm in finops so i use excel where i should be using python whatever, right and um it basically asked a an app uh 30 questions and off the back of that, it would tell you which of the six R's at the time there were six R's um, you should follow. And I went into this organization, a big engineering company, actually one of my favorite uh, customers I've ever worked with. The, the project manager there was just absolutely top. He's just top, top guy. So I really enjoyed working with them. And so they were really quite blunt and honest about these things. So we went through and we, we asked this app these questions. And we'd done quite a lot of modeling on this this uh, this this uh, Excel app we'd built. And um, the answer came out don't move right and i'd gone through it and, I'd, and, and you know i'd asked them the questions and put it in and i was like absolutely this shouldn't move and they just went oh that's not a valid answer <laughs> it has to move we've been told everything has to go and it's just like but it'd be stupid like it would it, it shouldn't go you should either retire replace or something like that but this as it's, it's going to cost you a fortune and be, and be difficult to run it's gonna have to go so we had to add an option saying basically don't move is not an option like the people could select at the beginning you, you need the override button yeah, Just, exactly. oh, override yeah. button. <laughs> and i think it automatically became like a rehost or something but i remember doing working for a big uh, gaming company and they used uh, a database info 
Infosys. Infomix. Infomix. Oh, Infomix. Ooh. Yeah. Really high transaction database. Like, it was real specialist. Our friend Andy Watson is a, a god of that world, right? That's where he comes from, Frank. Um, anyway, so we were looking at moving this thing, and it handled their, their like, uh, gaming book, their bet book, right? So it was a really important piece. And uh, they asked me to price up how much it would cost me. We did, it was a 14,000 machine migration. We looked at all sorts of different bits and we'd done every single application and thing and what it should move to and all of that. And this was one of the last ones to look at. This database co- would have cost $300,000 a month <sighs> to migrate. And uh, I just started doing the rough numbers initially. And I was just like, can we just agree that I don't need to take this any further? But I had to build a business case for it not moving. And I was just like, surely $300,000 a month is the business case. Can we not just stop there? Because it was against their plan. You know, everything was to move. Um, it, was, uh, it was staggering. <clears throat> well, th- that's the power of marketing. There was a lot, lots of power of effectively the cloud is the next thing and everyone needs to be in the cloud. And if you're not in the cloud, you're wrong, which we are getting to. I think it's as usual, the answer is going to be in the middle. And so at the moment, we're still hearing only the, the extremes. Yeah. But also there, are some, there are some organizations that, that genuinely do need to move all the things, you know, like if, yes. if data center closures, whatever it exactly. might be. And, and that's, yeah. that's what Erling is facing. So the, the, they have a, one of their data centers is, is closing. So, you know, everything must go or it needs to get moved to another data center. But if you're going to move it to another data center and a lot of, you know, some of this hardware might be like end of life and out of support yeah. operating systems are end of life. So even moving it to another data center may not be trivial. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, it might, you know, if it's going to go somewhere else, it might as well go to AWS or to, to Azure or, or Google or wherever. But, um, yeah. yeah, it, it certainly, it certainly changes, changes the, the, the focus a bit. The other thing you see a lot in, in migrations is, is the lift and shift, right? Whether it's stuff that should go or shouldn't or that it has to go, whatever it might be. And one thing I see happen a lot is that people, read about how to get the cost down they speak to their their rep at the at the csp and they say go buy our eyes or go buy a savings plan that's your answer right that's where they always start mm-hmm. uh, for the first time ever in my life i've started hearing account managers at vendors talking about all upfront ris being an fx an fx hedge which is <laughs> I, I know uh, a whole different episode on that right <laughs> but, but with the volatility of the markets but um what and what I never see happen anymore, or what I, I see happen too regularly, is that so they go and buy some RIs and stuff, and then the velocity they have from uh, post migration and the kind of the free of resources should then go on to starting to modernize, however it might be, you know, replatform, starting to break things apart, um, re- right? Such as, but because so many people have, with maybe the, the lack of knowledge, the lack of education, gone and bought the RIs because they're the quick way of bringing the cost down to help try to bring it back towards something close to the budget they set, they can't make these changes because they're tied in or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And so then they lose the impetus and then this end in that pattern of doing annual RIs or whatever and the modernization doesn't happen. And who can we talk about, you know, was it lift, shift and transform is the, is the marketing term that's used. But I, it's a staggering amount of, of uh, transformation that doesn't happen. And I've been speaking to a customer recently where I've basically turned around and said, they've got loads of SQL, right? MS SQL. So the percentage discount they'd get on RIs, 12 months up front, is 6%. So there's a lo- load of enterprise in there, right? 
I just said, don't do it. Just as soon as you're moved across fully, just start. If your plan, if your plan is to refactor away from SQL onto Postgres or whatever, just fo- don't give yourself an excuse not to do it. That's how you'll save your money. Not this poxy 6%. Make sure that that's worthwhile. And, and sometimes I think the wrong FinOps strategy or lack of FinOps strategy, I suppose, at the beginning, built into the fact that there's this desire to innovate and modernize, ends up blocking that happening. Mm. And then you get into a cycle where it often doesn't happen. I think uh, you. Uh, I don't remember where probably you still. It was it was interesting saying you're gonna you have a mess. You're moving the mess, and with the arise, you're locking the mess. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> yeah, but you can t- you can absolutely see how that happens, right? Because you know people oh, are moving. I think I've done it. <laughs> yeah, but they don't realize how expensive the things are going to be. Things are going up and to the right faster than they they anticipate. And somebody yells like, "We need, we need a break!" Like, how do we, how do we slow the, slow the climb? And uh, they, they do what they need to do. I mean, thankfully, things like savings plans make things a little bit less scary uh, in that respect. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah, it's no silver bullet. It's, it's DB. The thing is, it's DBs where a lot of the expense lies, and we still don't have a, a better answer for them. You know, not tradable, not sellable. Um, so, well, this certainly AWS. Obviously, the way Microsoft works is a bit is a bit better for, for these things, um, and Google's extent. But you know, people see the mouth watering cost of their their databases. They go, "How do I solve this?" Any kind of work on a database is hard work, right? We all know that. Optimizing, etc. The easy thing is to do to is to is to buy RIs. The RIs make some saving, not always a massive saving, but they're there. But then, yeah, you you're, you are locked into that size. There's no ability to change it. There's no ability to uh, sell it back because, oh, we've optimized and we've realized we can go down a size or anything. And I think that's where some of the, the, the problems lie. I think people often think like attacking EC2 and getting into containers will solve all their problems. But actually, if you're still paying huge licensing fees for unoptimized uh, databases, then actually quite quickly you'll notice that, yeah, your EC2 spend goes down and, and it takes over. But the big constant that's really hard to change is data, databases. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like this has been utterly depressing for anyone listening. Um, <laughs> so well, the summary is it's complicated. It costs a lot. You're unsure. It's a mess. You should start from the beginning, but the documentation is lacking. Sorry, yeah. listeners. That's yeah. at the moment the picture that we think. I think. Yeah, I think one thing I would add, like, in, if if you have the luxury of being able to approach the migration without the without the need to, to like go go fast, the impending doom of a data center. Yeah. So, like, if if you if you take your iron triangle and you choose, I want it like affordable and high quality, and I'm not too worried about how fast it goes. I think that's the best. That's the best outcome. I agree. I'm working with a customer who is taking that approach at the moment. But what happens when you take that approach? The vendors get get upset. Move quicker. Want the CDP? You know, we'll give you this deal if you move quicker. And so there is this um, resistance to. I, I, I agree. I think that's the right approach. Like if you can take your time, do it right. You know, watch it as it goes across, take a bit of time, right size, make sure you're choosing the right technologies, learn from each one, have a review before moving on to the next app. That's absolutely the perfect way of doing it. 
and if even so even if internally you have people sensible enough to do that you then start getting this pressure from the vendors and that's um it's a real shame because if your customer obsessed it's the right you know you know why they're doing it but um that that would be the ideal way of attacking it and then when you do have to lift something in nasty and dirty because you've got the you know an impending event well it's all right because hopefully we've learned on, on the slower pieces and all that the, the right way to do things so at least you're going to be following some some better practices if you've taken your time i guess the secret is get started on your cloud migration now and Before. and just move bits as you can as it makes sense i think it's yeah you're, you're saying the agile approach to cloud migration just yeah. do it in sprints in two weeks in one thing at a time and yeah. get it yeah. you go into uh, lots of other things but yeah anyway i think that was super useful at the same time. It is good to see that everyone's aligned. You, yeah, you, you think about it and say, I am, I am too pessimistic. That No, I am not. Yeah, which is reason to be optimistic. We're probably not alone. And there was some, somebody, maybe us too, are working to make it better. Yeah. But yeah. I think if one, last, one last thought for me, based on, on, I can't remember if we actually talked about it on today or another conversation with Tom, where it can be really hard to have FinOps in during the migration because of other... Um, just other pressing factors is certainly do your best to have a CCOE, but it, even if that doesn't exist, or even if that's doing a different job, focusing on the governance, just make sure like finance are taken on the journey because that way of thinking has its benefits and them understanding what's going on will help when you have to start making those calls, when FinOps does become a thing, when, uh, you know, value needs to be understood or whether people need to understand the cost better. Um, and that's what people stop doing when they're in a rush. They insulate themselves and there's just tech, 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 go, go, go engineers. Try, if it's humanly possible, just to keep, you know, holding the hand of a finance person who has that brain and mindset because it will hopefully stop some of the pains that will come out at, when you suddenly get, come up for air when you've done your migration. Yeah, even that though, I think is is a little bit of a challenge just to counter because like the a lot of migrations are done on like capitalized basis, right? The, mm. the, the the migration itself is capitalized, and the 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 finance team still aren't in the mindset of you know the the new and wonderful world of of opex. Mm. Um, so even even as simple as like trying to trying to agree on like how we're going to tag these things, so it's like oh well, we want to tag them with the project cost code it's like well what do you what is that going to mean once the project is finished like once this thing is migrated um yep. so it's yeah, uh, that's a good point it's uh yeah but yeah I, I i would agree get get your finance partners on board early doors fantastic well, i think we're running out of time aren't we frank yes we are in a, effectively so uh, that was thank you very very much tom it's been a pleasure with for once, we have had last week, I think, one-third, one-third, and one-third of the time of talking. Because either we talk all the time or, or we just shut up and let someone else talk. Yeah. So thank you very much for that, uh, those pearls of wisdom. I'm gonna, we're going to continue probably thinking about that for quite a while. So listeners, expect that we will, we will have some other comments coming in. And as usual, Tom, if you want to add or you have something that we should have said, just let us know. We'll add it. We'll we present it to our listeners, something that our listeners need to hear. Really looking forward to it. And but that's it. Have a fantastic day, everyone. <laughs> Thank you for listening, everyone. And thanks for joining us, Tom. Cheers. Thank you very much.